0: All through my journey people said no you can't do it and um, when it came to the crunch and me opening my own law firm I wanted to be different on purpose. I really wanted to embrace that, I wanted to disrupt the legal industry in the 21st century.
1: Welcome to another episode of Spotlight with Jessica Hampson, the owner and managing director of CEL Solicitors up in Liverpool. Uh, This episode is fantastic for anybody that's struggling with where they may be from or their educational background. Jessica is a real-life Elle Woods, and this is a really inspiring story for anybody trying to overcome their own adversity of where they're from. So tell us about how you set up a happy, ethical law firm and why.
0: Yeah, so I always had a super clear vision about setting up my law firm. And, you know, when I look back, I've got ten years experience in the law working for top fifty law firms. And, you know, they were uber, uber successful, these firms, the, you know, the top firms. But for whatever reason, my journey, I found them really toxic. And law is quite a traditional area. Um, and it's quite an old boys school and it's really stale. You, you know, you're laughing because yeah. you, you know, those sorts of stereotypes of lawyers, you, they're still unfortunately true in the majority. So for me, I wanted to do something different. So you guys, our values are quite aligned. So one of your values is disruption.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is definitely <laughs> yeah. something that I wanted to do and it wasn't that hard for me to do. And um, so a little bit like yourself, you know, I'm sat here today in a pink suit. You know, I don't look like your typical lawyer. And um, I'm a millennial. Yeah. I'm female. All Wrong. Wrong. Um, council estate background, single mother. Um, this was the third country I came to. Um, first in my family to go to university, do it, and um when it came to the crunch and me opening my own law firm, I wanted to be different on purpose. I really wanted to embrace that. I wanted to disrupt the legal industry in the 21st century and breathe a bit of light into it. So the ethics is something that I really missed, even though as lawyers, we take an oath and you're meant to be really, really ethical. It's something that I just saw a lack of. So that's where the People Before Profits came. That was our model. So a lot of people ask me you know what it what does people before profits mean is it a charity and profits are important obviously or the business will not survive no do <laughs> not get paid well it didn't for a while yeah, but yeah. everyone else did yeah um but for me profits aren't at the heart of my model so people are at the heart of my model people meaning the staff and people meaning clients so my model is really simple it's happy stuff make happy clients make happy profits and people just laughed at that model because there wasn't a lot of it certainly in the legal industry maybe in tech maybe in marketing you're a little bit more ahead of those guys um, in the law but for me it really did work and with lockdown that really was the biggest test for us with this people before profits and we thrived as opposed to survive during lockdown we actually doubled in size and i put that all down to the culture and the people before profits.
1: We took the decision very, very early on when the panic had just started to subside. We said, any customer that rings up that can't afford to pay us or can't afford us to invoice them, we work for free.
0: Yeah, and I think that's so forward thinking yeah. because I've come across only a handful, not everyone did that, but. The companies that have been successful are the companies that did that yeah. and again that's the people before the profit yeah. isn't it yeah but you kept your head yeah, I kept so it. i think the thing with life is it will test you it will test you so much before you just get to that reward most people give up and you didn't give up you battled through it you just you have faith in your company yeah like i had i just have faith in my people i yeah. have faith in the brand and i used my values to sort of shape decisions so when we were like a headless chicken stage or oh, what do i do no one else knows i just went back to basics i went back to my values and i was like i'm going to make decisions based on the true values of my company and they guided me correctly Why if you spoke can't? to someone quite traditional quite corporate wouldn't they die inside if you were like by the way we're gonna give free services away
1: you
0: know but actually you know people sometimes they'll look at us like our ideas are crazy the yeah. people before profits won't work it works
1: yeah it works, it works
0: every single it works. time and that kind of currency that you you talk about is
1: amazing i think I'm gonna steal that you started the business in
0: 2016 age 28. yeah well oh, you only 32? yeah hey do we look all <laughs> time? No?
1: I am 32, not at all, but like, so in, in four years, mm-hmm. then, so you've gone from?
0: So we've gone from me and the dog.
1: To 60 staff. To
0: 60 staff across five different practice areas.
1: Okay. So um, you scaled quite quickly then?
0: We scaled super quickly. Yeah. Like, we doubled in size. Um, I think Ashley was telling me when we started in January, we only had like 26 staff, and now we've, we're finishing the year with 60 staff.
1: Well, that's mental. So you've doubled the staffing. Even during lockdown. lockdown. So why, why do you think that's happened? What do you think, what do you think it is?
0: I think there's a couple of factors. So first and foremost, um, I believe in the vision and I believe in the people before profits model. And that works. We're a little bit more established now. One of our values is celebrating excellence in law. So whatever we turn our hand to, whatever area that we, I mean, we specialize in civil litigation. So it's basically anything to do with the consumer. So we champion the man on the street against big business, yeah. which I'm all for all day yeah. long. You yeah. know, I make a joke, you know, I can sleep at night, sue in the banks, sue yeah. in government yeah. all day. Yeah. Um so I think that, that it's starting to really attract the right people because we have such an easy to see brand that you're never gonna attract like a cold corporate type to our firm Yeah, at all. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That's what you want either, It's it? not what no. we
0: want. It's not what we're about. And I think now it's not really a risk to come over to the firm because we're doing so well. Whereas lawyers, it's quite traditionally hard to get, you know, heads of departments or associates or directors to come over their cushy 15 year job to take a risk with this crazy little company with think swings in a Jay-Z room, oh, yeah. uh, with this, you know, pink millennial sort of boss, um, but now that we're more established and the brands out there, I think it, we're attracting naturally amazing candidates. And I've got this appetite now to just continue to grow. I know it works. Coronavirus was our biggest test and we did pass that. So I'm ready to take this brand bigger and bigger. And that is part of my long-term goal is to really disrupt the legal industry and make a dent in it. <laughs>
1: they talk about like getting after the estate, I think that the same taboos still exist with going to you, even though it's more accessible, Tony Blair, he made it so we could all go and we yeah. all went.
0: But it's not, is it? It's not. No. It's not accessible because no, it's, it's still really expensive. You know, whether you have your student loan or not, you're saddled with that debt. It's still like three, four, five thousand pounds a year now. You know, for law, it's good because they're being a little bit more progressive, so there's different sorts of accesses into the law now, but still super expensive. Yeah. For one year, doing my law practitioner course, it costs £10,000 wow. for one year, wow. and you have to do it to
1: qualify. I do think that people are forced into university because we're told that that's the right way to go, and I do think that it's actually not right for everybody. It's not right for everybody. Google is as good a university as a university. Like, but I think that when I mean, when I'm a tiny bit, I'm a bit older than you, but not not a lot. you uh, I'm. I, 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 you know, I, I know twenty-one. No, no, I'm not. I know. I know okay. Liverpool. I know Manchester. I know. I know, I know the areas. I, I know, I've been to both a lot and spent a lot of time there. I've got friends in both. Okay. So they. It's not. It's just a different place. It's very similar to Nottingham. Same, yeah. same sort of estate, state. Yeah, same yeah. sorts of problems. Same yeah. sorts of bad crowds. Yeah. And I think that
0: it's character
1: building. It is character, <laughs> it is character building. But I think that for me, one of the things, one of the big mistakes I made in my early, in my early life, was mm. allowing that to define me and yes. not thinking that I'm going to define myself.
0: I thought that I had to change. Yeah, me too. And well, I, in a way, I did. To Fitting with the law, you know, this beige law, I certainly couldn't wear a pink suit. Yeah, you
1: couldn't.
0: You know, I got chastised one day for having a pink pen in a not client facing sort of environment. Um, It's so exhausting to try and not be your authentic self and, and to be beige and try to fit in. And it's so wrong that people make you feel like where you're from, there's something wrong with you. Like that's not something that you can erase or should have to. A raise we should be embracing everybody's uniqueness and differences and actually when you break down that barrier and you just accept you, you know, you're so much a, more of a better person than you ever would have been pretending to be someone else. And what I think would be important for other people to take away from this is, you know, that sort of Instagram life and that jealousy of other people. So when I was um, looking for my training contract, so that's how you become a solicitor a lot of people that maybe were undeserving because of who they knew, they just went straight into qualifying as a solicitor and that can be a little bit gallant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, today, I would just be happy for those people because ultimately, you're on your own journey and you shouldn't be looking at anyone else's journey and comparing yourself. You should only be in competition with yourself. It's nice to have nice things, let yeah. to be honest, it's nice to have nice things, but they're not the important things in life. And I think when people think, oh, I'm going to start up my own business, or maybe they look at us, they just think, oh, I'll make loads, of, tons of money. And it's not like that at all. Like we were talking before, weren't we? With The first couple of years, yeah, we, both, we both didn't take a salary. Yeah, it and I'm still not the highest pay- yeah. paid person in my own company, because it's not about the money for us, is it? And no. happiness isn't money. So many times in my career that I have winged it. Yeah. And at the beginning, I was thinking, is it meant to feel like this am i doing it right does everyone else know is it you know is everyone going to realize that i don't know what i'm doing and i don't get those moments that much anymore i you know what in the end I, i tended to really enjoy those moments and felt like okay i must be really operating outside of my comfort zone here if i'm if i'm feeling like that and now i actually chase that a little bit and i think it's it's a good thing to have
1: we try to we I try to do that with the guys, but I just agree to stuff that I know that no one's got the skills. It's very branson of you. Say how, yes to everyone. And how to do it? Like we took some animation work on the other day, and then it was like no one knows how to do animation. It's like Google knows how to do animation. Mm. Like it uses as an opportunity to learn animation. Yeah. And we can offer animation to
0: yes. to everyone. That mastering your craft. Yeah, and that is something that only that's a trait of really successful people. Understand. That you have to master your craft and you can do anything, anything that you want if you put your mind to it. And that's something that I really try to tell the staff and really try to motivate the staff. So, honestly, the best part of my job is actually waking up every day and wanting to go to work and loving what I do and having a passion. And it's that passion and love for what I do that gets me through the hard days. And I think I'm so grateful to be in the position that I'm in because I spent the majority of my career actually having that Sunday Dread and not wanting to go in. So you're laughing. So it's it just Friday wonderful. I the it's going <laughs> in from the UK, it's
1: not being at work, for Friday
0: Dread, that's what I call it. Well, I actually work with my family. So I work with my husband, I work with my sister-in-law, I work with my brother-in-law. And I love working with my family because it's just a different dimension. And me and my husband will have a rule. So when we get home, we don't speak about work. We just, we're not allowed to, we'll shout at each other um, so that we get that like personal time. Otherwise, it could sort of be unhealthy, but I love working with my family every day and I love the team that we've built as well. And just watching them develop and me personally to see how much I can push myself as well.
1: Interesting that you said that the word gratitude was linked to the best part of your job. Yeah. So, it says a lot
0: about you. So gratitude is actually one of our three values. Okay. So that's an official company value. And I'm yet to find another company that uses gratitude as their value. But gratitude changed my life. Yeah. Grati- having a gratitude sort of attitude and just being appreciative of what you've got just sort of grounds you. And I think if we go back to our council estate upbringing, we have, we understand, yeah. we, ha- we have that natural yeah. gratitude, yeah. don't we? And yeah. we understand through both of our journeys, what's actually important.
1: I We all have setbacks, i not <clears> like loads? And we have them every day, really, yeah. just as we all do. So, I, I think that a big part of this channel is around setbacks and success is all about setbacks. So...
0: I love failure. Yeah. So, I've really, really tried to get people to embrace failure, which, again, just sounds insane so for my company we have a theme every year and this year it, the theme's been fail forward and i read an amazing book by matthew Syed called black box thinking which i really uh tell you to read and that's all about having a healthy attitude to mistakes now if you say failure to someone and ask them you know the man on the street you know what words association these all be negative but for me, failure is a positive thing. Yeah. It means that I'm trying to do something and that I'm learning from my journey as well. So I love failure. I'm, you know, I've gave up my Instagram. I've gave up everything because it's not all about being this polished person. I would rather speak to you about my failures than my success because that's where I've learned the most.
1: So right? give us the example of this failure or setback.
0: The setbacks was definitely like the coronavirus. And then I think... A big setback not a setback for me but me and ashley were talking about it on the train was my vision which we we're just laughing about i always wanted to get 30 staff right right and i thought i'll make it when i've got 30 staff that's so many staff, yeah and i think ashley did like a head count for something and sent me um, a memo and it said yeah we've we've got like 31 staff and i was like oh we've got 31 staff it doesn't even feel like we have thirty-one yeah. staff and i was like okay I've I've reached my goal but I was like I know that we can do more so a big thing for me for getting to 30 was I didn't want to lose this special culture that we had and I thought you know I've worked in firms where you're just a number there's thousands of people how do you keep that magic and that's why I was terrified of not being able to scale up the culture but what I actually found was the more people that buy into the culture and authentically carry it out the easier it is. So if you get one bad egg come in that isn't with the culture, they either stick out or they're just forced to actually get with the culture. So that was something that I thought would be a setback. But actually, once I got there, it wasn't even an issue or a problem. So sometimes the things that you're most afraid of don't even exist apart from in your head.
1: Inspiration, where does it come from?
0: So when I was like in the pits of making this business and at the pits of everybody not believing me, and I just needed that motivation to sort of get up and go, I would go to YouTube as well. Yeah. There's this guy, my husband hates him. I absolutely love him. He's called the Hip Hop um, Preacher. Okay. His name's Eric Thomas, yeah. ET. And he's just so, he was the fit, you know, I grew up with sort of Napoleon Hill. We've all read Rhonda Burns, sort of Secret. But he just seemed 21st century because he would just, you know, be relatable. He'd be like, you know, you'd be successful if you just didn't look at your phone all day. You'd be successful. And he had this guru it's story. It's true. it's true. It's true, yeah. And so he, you know, and a, a big thing of what he did is he would go um, into schools, which is something that I love doing as the mentor inside to do that with universities. And he'd teach the kids. And it wouldn't be these, you know, like elite schools either, these schools that we'd go to. And I loved that about him. And again, yeah, he made it fun and he made it relatable. But it was a kick up the arse every time that I needed it as well. But I get my inspiration from absolutely everywhere. So whether it's books, culture is a big thing. So I have a Jay-Z room in my firm, which you don't usually see oh, in, kind of a love him and he has like um, i love his i love his watch the throne
1: watch the throne's a great yeah album.
0: because that's been like watch the throne has been my coronavirus album so really so he's done some brilliant songs like rock boys is one of my favorite ever ever songs ever But that album is just sort of like, it was like, Uh, yes, you know, it's like they're talking about the success and it just like, was a bit of escapism during coronavirus too. Yeah. I want to get to watch, watch my throne again. So in our, in our office, we have the Jay Z room and he has my favorite ever quote. And the quote is um, difficult takes a day and impossible takes a week. I do this in my sleep. And I just, I, I just love that sort of mantra. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the best books that I've read was Robert Greene's book with 50 Cent, um, which was, you know, the 50th Laura's success. That book was absolutely amazing. Elle Woods, you know, was the first sort of lawyer that I could relate to. Yeah. Um, you know, there isn't that many female lawyers, so there's like Miranda Old Sex in the City, Ali Mafia was a bit before my time, Judge Judy, and Elle. Yeah. So I have a quote from her. Steve Jobs is another person, and um, my source of strap line is Steve Jobs's vision, which is we believe people with passion can change the world. But the biggest inspiration I actually get, as cheesy as this sounds, is I actually get it from my team. So in other firms, because it was a paralegal for so long, you're just at the bottom of the rung and no one listens to you. And what I found from that position is actually, Paralegals and secretaries and other people that get passed over that don't see that don't have important titles, they're the ones who do the work. They see a, a lot of what's going on, and they have some really good ideas. Like I had, but I wasn't listened Please to. So in my firm now, we have the amphitheater. We have an anonymous suggestion box. We ensure that our cultures want a transparency where every single person has a voice. And actually, you know, it's Ashley, my work wife, who's my PA, and Natasha, who's one of um, our secretaries. They've probably contributed the most to sort of the team building ideas. And in other firms, they would potentially be passed over. So it's listening to everybody. Like you have to listen to your team. It can't just be you and your vision. It's all about, you know, as Napoleon Hill says, that mastermind alliance. The more people, that are going towards your goal, the quicker you're going to get to it. I did a women in law conference um last month, and one of the women was saying that during her career, she really didn't look that old, that actually um women weren't classed as a person in terms of an employee. So we had to pass a law to say actually a woman is a person. And it just sort of blew my mind, but it, that puts into context why there aren't as many women at the moment in board level because we're still sort of playing catch up. But for me, I I always found it um, really strange as a trainee or as a paralegal. So whenever I, in law, there's always more women than men, always, but as you climb up the ladder, there's hardly any women, an associate, partner, and certainly business owner sort of. You. And the women that I saw, and I'm generalizing, and it's obviously just personal to my journey, but I felt like women at a board level had to either become a man themselves or be an absolute bitch.
1: Yeah, and yeah.
0: I just thought there's got to be, you know, there's got to be um, a need for a woman to be feminine at the board to bring empathy board level and to bring those soft skills, those feminine skills that are usually seen as weak, that actually is strength. And so what I've found is since I've been my authentic self and I've brought those skills away with a lot of men and actually they've really embraced that sort of diversity at board level and they've really enjoyed it and that's, I think that's how, you know, you were asking how did we grow so quickly and I think it's because we have that equal representation So at CEL Solicitors, we have just as many female directors as we do men as well, Um, which is wonderful because everyone's sort of voice is represented because the majority of our workplace are female. So it's good to have that representation there. We're all mothers as well at board level. So that was something that was really difficult for me um, in law because it was very much you either have a career Or you have kids you can't have
1: both yeah
0: and the women that did try to achieve that were just exhausted so for us we have you know we understand family life we have that balance that work-life balance and a couple of the women and and the and the younger women as well have said it's so nice to see women at all level who were mothers as well because it just makes me realize that i actually i can have both and women should be able to do both and now I think one great thing that's come out of the coronavirus is more flexibility and working from home and that will really enable women um, to progress more at their
1: careers as well. In years to come we will look back on a generation of people that will have very different um, identification elements of their character that identify them as having a problem in this time now mm-hmm. with social media. Yeah. They'll be... I mean, that to like really super... I mean, I live on my own, so I can't be stereotyping, mm-hmm. but they'll live on their own. Yeah. They'll... I mean, have cats. You, know, you
0: know, one thing that really hit home with me is, you know, when we think about our school days, there's always someone that gets terribly bullied, but when they go home... Back in the day when we yeah, grew, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they go home, you know, they just had that break from school. But now with social media- I get it. They don't get that no, break. Right. They continue to be then trolled online yeah. and that bullying will continue online. So it's
1: you don't get that respite. No. But it's, it's the, 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 there are people who develop it. that, it is an addiction and it's an addiction to the pictures and it's an addiction to perfection and then yeah. comparing yourself against that. Yeah. And like, we, as humans, and when you look at CBD uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and stuff like yeah. that, the practice is actually not advanced enough. So like, because c- because,
0: because technology gone has quick. gone like this, yeah. it's gone, too, it's gone too, quick. too quick. So it's been quicker than anything else yeah. that we've ever had any sort of revolution. We're yeah. having a tech revolution, yeah. and we don't know what the consequences yeah. are—be that good or bad. We don't yeah. know, and we're not armed and, for it. And
1: we're not. There's gonna be a lost. There's going to be a lot of loss, a lost generation. A of lost generation of
0: yeah, so I, I went to. I went so to th- what do you think the solution is,
1: apart from education? Schools, schools, get into schools and and, 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 uh, and, and educate, uh, get into parents and educate parents yeah. to be more meaningful around consumption time Yeah. and actually yeah. the parents not just allowing the kids to have an account. You need to know what's going on it and have better in-house tech to surveil your kids yeah at any point you can just go to an ipad and it shows you their screen yeah choose what they're looking at yeah right there it can even alert you to like stuff yeah. that you put in yeah like give the control back post that piece like when they become a young adult it's just like anybody becoming a young adult like we, me and my pt were laughing about it today we were sort of saying they there's probably less chance of young couples getting pregnant because they're not having as much sex because they're so bothered about what their Instagram account looks like so it's a massive educational piece but I realised that <coughs> part of the world was fucked when I went to Positano and I sat on a deck chair in Positano and I've never wanted to leave a place more. Was everyone just like they were They were queuing to go on a bit of beach with the thing in the background and I sat there for eight hours and I didn't watch it stop. And I was like, are you on holiday or not? are you Are you
0: living in the moment or not? There's a few people that are awake to that, that understand that. So if you have kids, like that's something that I'm going to educate my daughter about. And it's about having real life experiences and real life interactions rather than just online and be yeah you can have an online present but just understand it as well because we go to the Maldives every year and you can imagine the it's, Maldives it's like
1: pan, yeah.
0: you know, I yeah. can just you can just say, you know, they they really go hot. For some reason in the Maldives they really enjoy putting on the wedding dress even though they're not married and having wedding pictures again. I don't know what that's about. It's something I've spotted in the Maldives, but yeah. Well, well. the She like
1: when I, so I, when I go on holiday, like, especially when I go to read that, I tend to go dark and I just go yeah. like, yeah. like do not matter what I'm doing here, See, it's like, it's just like this is I, for me to enjoy yeah. and it's like, and I, I think obviously being in a, in a social, being at the forefront of social media as we are, like we understand it and therefore you understand what you are doing Well, we've it both better. had our
0: battles, as you were saying, you know, you thought that you were fat when you went fat, yeah. I've definitely had body dysmorphia small fear over mine, yeah. and like depression of looking at people's posts, and I'm currently, you know, offline yeah. apart from my LinkedIn. So it's, you know, even for us who understand it, it's still, still a problem, yeah. that powerful yeah, it's still and a it's problem. still that problem. Yeah. But for me, I'm lucky in the sense of, because I do a lot of work on my phone and from home, like I'll do my emails like on the train or whatever, um, I associate now my phone at work so when I go home I can just leave that on the table so that and you've got to teach that to your children so I said we have to leave by example to my husband my husband's the same he is quite good when we're both not really addicted to our phones but if my daughter picks up on that and kids see everything and you're saying to them you're trying to limit them you've got to practice what you preach so you've got to bring them up in an environment where there is a time where devices are left alone. Even though we've had a really good conversation about the cons of social media, more social media than technology, I think it'd be so silly, you know, your whole business is technology if you didn't embrace that. So I really want to transform the business. I want to automate it as much as possible so that our lawyers are doing the lawyer bit rather than an admin side to our job. Um, and I see a lot of value with tech and I'm really enjoying it. So I actually would like to get to the extreme where people are like, hey, CEL Solicitor is a tech company that does legal.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's where I want to get to. And that's a huge goal. Um, and my husband's massively into that as well. So we're building a really cool team of like software engineers and some really cool people and um, tech people to get to that point. So okay. definitely technology Thank you. in 2021. And then um, continued growth. So we're at 60, I want world domination, the okay. legal industry disrupting it. So we're already looking at um more floor space in our building at the moment. We're just opening our fifth branch, which is gonna go and specialise in fraud and um, for consumers as well. And then personally, I'd love another baby at this point as well. Nice. I'm ready for uh, really nice. Really nice. So I've just moved my little girl into um, her big room now out of the nursery. That's the transition. Sort of secreting yeah, yeah, yeah. the lovely. space for That's the nursery. And then I just think it's like, it's really important to, you know, for other moms to realize that you can, you can do business and you can be a mom as well. And you can get, you're never going to get a balance that payback balance that you're completely happy with. But there is a balance there to be
1: done. So that completes this episode of Spotlight With. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and we'll see you really soon for some more episodes.